believe everyone's been here for the previous previous three lessons we've had on this subject of prayer. And it's good to see you this evening. You've had a great day. Beautiful day we've had. But yes. but the cold weather's coming, you said, right? Yes. We live in Wyoming. What we're, do you yes, we're in Wyoming. And that, and it become it can become very brutal here, very much so. All right, if you have your Bibles tonight, let's uh, take them, please, and turn to Daniel chapter nine. Daniel chapter nine. I know that Brother Al has started a series on uh, during the Sunday school hour on the book of Daniel, and uh, if uh, if uh, you have missed that, uh, I'd encourage you to. To, to, to make an effort to be here for the Sunday School Hour. We can never learn too much from the Word of God. Amen? And so uh, it would be good to take every opportunity possible to, to, um, to get in on the lessons. And, you know, also it would be an encouragement. It's an encouragement to those who teach. I know certainly it's encouragement to pastor when uh, more folks come and uh, when we have visitors, and I'm sure it is to those who teach also, and I'm sure that you'll, you'll enjoy the series on Daniel. What chapter are we in in Daniel? Can you remember? We just sort of started the introduction, basically, aren't we? Three? That's what I, that's what I thought. We're in chapter four, chapter four this Sunday. All right. So again, if you're able to make it, try to be here. All right. How many of you believe that God answers prayer? Oh, okay, uh, I forgot to ask. How many of you believe that God hears and answers prayer? We all do. I imagine every one of us could give a te- share a testimony tonight of instances where God heard our specific prayers and He answered them. Now, let me ask you this: What 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 kind of prayer does God hear? Think of that for a moment. Is it the length of the prayer? Is it the repetition of the prayer? I want you to notice what Jesus said. Matter of fact, let's turn there. Hold your place in Daniel for a moment and turn to Matthew chapter 6. And Melody, I'm going to ask you to read that, please. Matthew chapter 6, verses 5 through 7. And then let me go ahead and assign some verses here. Abigail, Exodus 32 and 32. Mamona, would you mind reading? All right. Job 1 and verse 5. Or some call it Job. Job 1 and verse 5. Uh, let's see here. Yes, sir. Romans 10, verse 1. And that'll do for right now. All right. So no, notice, notice what Jesus said uh, about the length and the repetition of the lost called them hypocrites. Matthew 6, verse 5 through 7. And when thou prayest, thou shalt not be as the hypocrites are, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and in the corners of the streets, that they may be seen of men. Verily I say unto you, they have their reward. But thou, when thou prayest, enter into thy closet, and when thou hast shut thy door, pray to thy Father which is in secret, 
and thy father which seeth in secret shall reward thee openly. But when you pray, use not vain repetitions as the heathen do, mm-hmm. for they think that they shall be heard for their much speaking. Okay, thank you, dear. Um, the little booklet on praying through the Bible, we all, hopefully everyone's read that or, or maybe in the process of reading it. Uh, we find through that that one of the main points that he brings out in the book and the purpose of this book is because we pray about the same thing all the, ta- all the time, don't we? It's, it's always the same thing. And so it's very repetitious. But, um, you know, as a matter of fact, I remember I uh, thought about this today. Uh, the Lord Jesus, he answered the shortest prayer in the Bible. And you know what that prayer was? Let's read it. Matthew 14. What verse did I say? Or did I? No, what verse? You gave her Exodus 32. 32, 32. Okay. All right. Good. Good. In Matthew chapter 14, verses 20 through 30, um, the Lord is... Uh, out on a boat with his disciples. You recall that? And you remember what happened? Jesus fell asleep, didn't he? And uh, No, no, sorry, this is a different one. Here he is, he's walking on the water, and he's going to pass them up. And in verse uh, maybe 22 to 30, you'd have to read the whole portion there. It says, but when he saw the wind, boisterous, that's Peter, he was afraid. He's out there on the water, he's walking on the water, he's doing something that no one has ever done except the Lord Jesus, and uh, he was afraid, and beginning to sink, he cried, saying, and here's the shortest prayer in the Bible, Lord, save me. That was it. No, no, there's nothing fancy about it. Uh, you know, is it the words of the prayer? No. Is it the eloquence of the prayer? No. What was it that you said, son, in the beginning? The fervency of it? Or eloquence. It's not about eloquence. Uh, of, of the prayer. And I'm sure that we've all heard some pretty eloquent, what seem to be eloquent prayer, prayers. I, I think that perhaps some of the greatest prayers that God hears are intercessory prayers, where we're interceding on behalf of others. And uh, in Daniel chapter 9, we, uh, we find here an example of such a prayer. And Daniel is interceding for his people and for Jerusalem. So we'll begin reading it on, uh, well, let's begin at the very first verse there in chapter 9. In the first year of Darius, the son of Ahasuerus, of the seed of the Medes, which was made king over the realm of the Chaldeans, in the first year of his realm, I, Daniel, understood by books the number of the years, whereof the word of the Lord came to Jeremiah the prophet, that he would accomplish 70 years in the desolations of Jerusalem. And then beginning here in verse 3, we, we, we read Daniel's prayer. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. Um, I don't think I've ever met anybody who prayed like that. In sackcloth and ashes. Maybe fasting. And you know, even that is a... Um, that's something that very few people do anymore, this matter of fasting. And he says in verse 4, And I prayed unto the Lord my God, and I made my confession, and said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love Him, 
and to them that keep his commandments. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled, even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgments. Neither have we hearkened unto thy servants the prophets, which spake in thy name to our kings, our princes, and our fathers, and to all the people of the land. O Lord, righteousness belongeth unto thee, but unto us confusion of faces, as at this day, to the men of Judah, and to the inhabitants of Jerusalem, and unto all Israel, that are near, and that are far off, through all the countries whither thou hast driven them, because of their trespass, that they have trespassed against thee. O Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face, to our kings, to our princes, and to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. And neither have we obeyed the voice of the Lord our God to whom to, to, to walk in his laws, which he set before us by his servants and the prophets. Yea, all Israel have transgressed thy law, even by departing, that they might not obey thy voice. And therefore the curse is poured upon us, and the oath that is written in the law of Moses, the servant of God, because we have sinned against him. And he hath confirmed his words, which he spake against us, and against our judges that judged us, by bringing upon us a great evil. For under the whole heaven hath not, <clears throat> pardon me, hath not been done, as hath been done upon Jerusalem. And it is written in the law of Moses, All this evil has come upon us, yet made we not our prayer before the Lord our God, that we might turn from our iniquities and understand thy truth. And therefore hath the Lord watched upon the evil and brought it upon us. For the Lord our God is righteous in all his works which he doeth, for he obeyed, for we obeyed not his voice. And now, O Lord our God, thou that hast brought thy people forth out of the land of Egypt with a mighty hand, and hast gotten thee renown. As of this day we have sinned, we have done wickedly. O Lord, according to all thy righteousness I beseech thee, let thine anger and thy fury be turned away from thy city Jerusalem, thy holy mountain, because for our sins and for the iniquities of our fathers, Jerusalem and thy people are become a reproach to all that are about us. Now therefore, O our God, hear the prayer of thy servant and his supplications, and cause thy face to shine upon thy sanctuary that is desolate for the Lord's sake. O my God, incline thine ear, and hear, open thine eyes, and behold our desolations, and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousnesses, but for thy great mercies. O Lord, hear. O Lord, forgive. O Lord, hearken and do. For, and defer not for thine own sake. O my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. And verse 20, And whilst I was speaking and praying and confessing my sin and the sin of my people Israel and presenting my supplication before the Lord my God for the holy mountain of 
my God. Yea, whilst I was speaking in prayer, even the man Gabriel, whom I had seen in the vision at the beginning, caused to fly, uh, being caused to f- fly swiftly, touched me about the time of the evening oblation. And here we read Daniel's supplication. I'm sure that Brother Al, when he gets to this chapter, he'll probably repeat some of this, or maybe he may allude to it. But we, we find here this prayer of Daniel's. And we find in, this, in his prayer the kind of prayer that God answers. It's, I don't know if you've ever read this before. It's a lengthy prayer. It's probably one of the most lengthy prayers in the Scriptures. But um, anyway, Daniel's interceding for his people and for Jerusalem. They have sinned. You know, we learned um, a couple of weeks ago from our lesson in uh, 1 Timothy 2.1 when I spoke about what happens when churches pray, that intercession is interceding or pleading for others, for another person. And uh, th- there are actually great, there are, there are great many intercessory prayers in the Bible. Uh, for example, um, in, in Genesis 18, we'll not go there, but you know the, the story there, there's two, uh, two men who came to see Abraham, and I believe one of them was uh, the Lord Jesus Christ. And, uh, and uh, they, they, they bring a message to Abraham that they're going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And do you recall that throughout, the, uh, throughout that chapter, uh, Abraham is pleading. He is, he, he is praying for God to spare Sodom and Gomorrah. And he pleads with them, and he starts off with, what, 50, and he gets all the way down to, what, 10 people or 5? I don't remember, recall right now. But, but this is an intercessory prayer here. Um, Moses, praying for Israel. That's your verse, Abigail. Exodus 32, 32. Okay. But now, if you will forgive their sin, but if not, please blot me out of your book that you have written. What an intercessory prayer. I don't know if any of us, you know what he was saying there? Uh, you know, Paul said the same thing. And we'll get to his verse here in just a minute. But um, he's saying, Lord, if you won't forgive their sin, just blot me out of your book. What an intercessory prayer. Um, Job. Praying for his children in Job chapter 1 and verse 5. So it was when the days of feast and had run their course that Job would sin and sanctify them. And he would rise early in the morning, not for burnt offerings according to the number of them all. For Job said, It may be that my sons have sinned and cursed a God in their hearts, those Job did regularly. Oh, parents, let me ask you this. Do you pray that kind of intercessory prayer for your children and for your grandchildren every day? If that's what Job did, he prayed, God, don't let them. I pray that they won't sin against you. And you know, my, my, Melody and I, we have our devotions every morning, and often we pray the same prayer. We pray, God, would you, would you help our children today and our grandchildren not to sin against you? Help us to live for you. Help us to be faithful. And... Uh, and, and those who don't know you as their personal Savior, we pray for their salvation. And then Paul. Look at Paul. Look at the prayer that Paul prayed. Look, what an intercessory prayer this is. Romans chapter 10, verse 1. Brothers, my heart's desire and prayer to God for them is that they may be saved. 
Mm -hmm. In another place, he says, I believe it's in Romans also, where he says, I wish that I could be accursed. Uh, you know, if, 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 you, what's that verse, Mark? I'm trying to think of. Yes, for his people is, yes. Okay. And while you're looking for that, last week uh, we learned from our lesson and uh, about, G listen, Jesus is praying. You remember that? Uh, we learned about his intercessory prayer for us. And that was in John chapter what? 17. John chapter 17. That's a whole prayer there that Jesus prayed on our behalf. He interceded for us. Did you find it, son? Uh, uh, Romans 9.3, For I could wish that I myself were accursed, separated from Christ for the sake of my brothers, my kinsmen. Can you imagine that? He's saying that he was, he was willing to be accursed, that is, to be separated from God for all eternity in hell. Nobody's ever prayed like that. I don't know of anyone who's ever prayed like that. And so this is what he's praying there. But these are just samples of intercessory prayers, okay, throughout the Scripture. So what made Daniel's prayer special and the kind of prayer that God hears? Well, I believe it has to do with the way that he approached God. It's our approach. It's our attitude, how we come to God. First of all, number one, you notice your outline there. He came to God seriously. Verse 3. And I set my face unto the Lord God to seek by prayer and supplications with fasting and sackcloth and ashes. I believe that Daniel was serious in this prayer, in this intercessory prayer. Um, it was a serious matter. You know, anytime we come to the Lord in prayer, it's a serious matter. Hebrews 11 verse 6 tells us that without faith, there isn't anything we can do to please God. And that includes praying. Daniel's prayer wasn't some mushy, irreverent, flippant prayer. He believed that he was approaching the God of the universe, and his prayer was serious. And you know what, folks? Our, our prayers must mean something to us if they are to mean anything to God. Our God is concerned about us, and I believe that he takes our prayer serious, and therefore so should we. Daniel's life was also a life of unceasing prayer. Um, he practiced Paul's admonition, although Paul had not written it yet in 1 Thess 5, verse 17, where Paul says, pray without ceasing. And that was Daniel. He prayed often. And, and the fact that he prayed often and regularly, I believe, proves that prayer was a, uh, a, a, a vital and important part of his life. In... Um, Daniel 6 and verse 10, it says, let me just turn back here, Daniel 6 and verse 10, we've read this before. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went into his house, and his windows being open in his chamber, toward Jerusalem, he kneeled upon his knees three times a day. And he prayed, and he gave thanks before his God, as he did aforetime. And the Lord's, as his custom was, as it, that was his usual habit of praying three times a day. And nothing was going to change that. No king, no, no potentate, no, uh, uh, no decree, no statue, nothing. Warren Wiersbe, who's with the Lord now, was a pastor for many years, and he's written a lot of books and commentaries. He, he said this, Prayer 
is not something that I do. It is something that I am. I'll think about that for a moment. Prayer is not something that I do. It is something that I am. That was his life. That was Daniel. That's a description of Daniel right there. So he came to God seriously, all right? And then the next thing we see in verse 4, he came to God reverently, and he came fervently, and of course he came boldly. Notice verse 4, it says, And I prayed unto the Lord my God, and I made my confession, and I said, O Lord, the great and dreadful God, keeping the covenant and mercy to them that love him, to them that keep his commandments. He prayed reverently because he had a reverential fear of the sovereign God in whose presence he stood. You know, I've heard people pray, um, well, I'm not going to dwell on it a long time, but I've heard people pray some irreverent prayers, flippant prayers, you know, chewing their gum while they're praying to a sovereign God. He also prayed fervently. In a previous lesson, that um, I, I said that oftentimes our praying is shallow, it is selfish, it is repetitious, and of course it lacks any kind of feeling. And we come to God irreverently. You know, when you read his prayer there, you, you can see the fervency of his prayer and how reverent he was. And uh, sometimes we, we come to God irreverently without the thought of who he is. So I believe that we should pray fervently because it accomplishes much. James 5.16, James says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man availeth much. And uh, I think I also mentioned last week or the week before that, that the word fervent there, it's, it's an it's energetic, dynamic, passionate prayer. And it signifies earnest, uh, uh, energetic supplication. And I think that we see this throughout the scriptures. Daniel prayed boldly. Now in Hebrews 4 and verse 16. Tim, would you read that please, sir? Sorry, cut your... Didn't ask you before. But Hebrews 4 verse 16. say we can boldly we can come boldly under the throne of grace what a beautiful expression that is the throne of grace and that's referring to a throne a throne is the of course it's the seat of a sovereign king or a queen Um, a throne of grace is designed to uh, represent a sovereign who is seated to dispense mercy and pardon and the lord willing We'll look at that verse a little closer next week. All right, Hebrews 4 and verse 17. Number three, he came to God penitently. Now, what does that word mean? Anybody have an idea? Look at verse 5. We have sinned and have committed iniquity and have done wickedly and have rebelled, even by departing from thy precepts and from thy judgment. What does the word penitently mean? You have to. Penitent expresses sorrow for a sin or wrongdoing and is supposed to atonement 
covers a lot, doesn't it? Yeah, it's now. So. Yeah. Oh, basically, in a nutshell, it means it, it means repentance. It means sorrow or, or contrition for sin. It, it's coming uh, to God with a broken heart. And of course, he was sorrowful for his sin. Over and over, he repeats it. Oh, throughout this portion we read, over and over, he says, forgive us of our, our, our sins. He didn't say it was the people's sins. He said, yes, the, we have sinned. Inclusive. David's prayer in Psalm 38, verse 18. Can you get that one, Melody, please? Psalm 38, verse 18. And while Melody's looking that up, it was a prayer of uh, it was also a prayer of confession of his and Israel's sin. Uh, look at verse eight. Oh Lord, to us belongeth confusion of face, to our kings and to our princes, to our fathers, because we have sinned against thee. Verse nine. To the Lord our God belong mercies and forgiveness, though we have rebelled against him. And then verse 11, verse 14, verse 15, verse 16. All of these here. He is confessing the sins of the people. Yes, Melody? Yeah, uh, Psalm 38, 18. 18. Uh, And we find here David's prayer of confession, of sorrow, of repentance. For I will declare my iniquity. I will be sorry for my sin. Yes. I will be sorry for my sin. Often we forget to ask God, Lord, forgive me for sinning against you today. Forgive me for my attitude. Forgive me for uh, my actions. Number four, he came to God trusting in his mercy to forgive. We see that in verse 9. So Daniel knew of God's mercy to forgive his sin. Verse 18. Oh, my God, incline thine ear and hear, open thine eyes and behold our desolations and the city which is called by thy name. For we do not present our supplications before thee for our righteousness, but for thy great mercies. Daniel knew that God's, uh, he, he knew of God's mercy to forgive his sins. You know, mercy is simply, um, I've read it like this, it's receiving from God what we don't deserve. That's mercy. And grace is God not giving us what we do deserve. You want me to repeat that, don't you? All right. Mercy is simply receiving from God what we do not deserve. And grace is God not giving us what we do deserve. Number five, he came to God with specific request. We see that in verses 16 through 19. You know, Daniel didn't come with a general blanket prayer, uh, but he was specific in his request. Over and over, we see that in his passage. His prayer was a cry for God to listen, to hear his prayer. You know, so often we, we come to God with sort of generalized prayers instead of specific requests. Now, for instance, uh, dear God, please bless all our missionaries. Amen. Well, that's pretty... Uh, General, isn't it, Brother Doug? Too general. Huh? That's too general. Pray for them by name. Pray for them by name, specifically. Um, you know, we've got, I don't know if you've noticed the mission display out there on the wall. As soon as you come out now, there's all those missionary projects that this church has a part in, or will have a part in. And um, uh, it's good to find out who the missionaries are that we're giving to. 
what their ministries are and to pray for them specifically. Brother Frank Taylor, where is he a missionary? Huh? Taylor. Ken. Taylor, what did I say? Frank's brother. Frank's brother, Frank's brother. What did I say? Frank. I said Frank Taylor. Well, he needs prayer too, all right? <laughs> we didn't record that, did we? No. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <clears throat> brother Taylor, missionary in Japan. So what I'm saying is we need to pray specifically. Um, how about this one? Dear God, please bless, bless, bless all of my loved ones and friends. Amen. Again, I think we need to be specific. God knows who they are, but he wants you to name them and to be specific when we pray. Number seven, he came to God with importunity. Now, importunity is, is a shameless persistent in asking. And, and, you know, several times in Daniel's prayer, he was persistent. And he asked God to listen to his prayer for 17, 18, and 19. But, you know, sometimes we quit too soon. We pray about something and we quit too soon, Brother Doug. In, uh, in the book of Luke, chapter 11, who hasn't read yet and you'd like to read more? Luke, chapter 11, verse 5 through 10. Here we have a good example of, of, of persistent praying with importunity. Then he said to them, Then he said to them, Which of you has a friend? And will go to him at midnight and say to him, Friend, lend me three loaves. For a friend of mine has come to me from a journey, and I have nothing to set before him. And from inside he answers and says, Do not bother me. The door has already been shut. My children and I are in bed. I cannot rise up and give you anything. I tell you, even though he will not arise and give him anything because he is his friend, yet because of his persistence he will get up and give him as much as he needs. So I say to you, Ask, and it shall be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds. The end who knocks, it will be opened. All right. So in this prayer, in this parable, excuse me, Jesus is saying that uh, if shameless persistent can obtain a need from a neighbor, then certainly persistent prayer will receive our Heavenly Father His answer. How many of you have heard of George Mueller? Okay, some of you have. George Mueller, uh, he, uh, during the 1800s, he, uh, uh, he began many orphanages in Bristol, England. I believe it was Bristol, wasn't it, dear? And uh, he, he housed and took care of thousands of orphans there in that, in that city there. But he prayed for a friend's salvation. He had a friend that he prayed for for 50 years. 50 years he prayed for this man. And then he died. And shortly after that, it was after his death that this friend was saved. Came to know the Lord Jesus as his personal Savior. So, I share that to say this. How often we quit praying too soon? Keep praying. Be persistent. And then the last one here, number nine, number uh, say five, six, seven, seven. He came to God with convincing reasons why he should hear his prayer. So in verse 15, he reminds God of his delivering his people from Egypt. In verse 16, he reminds God that Jerusalem is his city and, and the people are his people. In verses 16 through 17, he reminds God that the sanctuary or the temple, which lay in ruins, was his. And if he does not restore his people, then his name 
will be a reproach to all the other people surrounding them. I want to close with this illustration. And probably you've never heard of this man. His name was Ernest Ira Reveal. And he was born in 1880. He was saved in January of 1904. And after much prayer, he began a rescue mission in the hometown of Evansville, Indiana, where many hundreds of people were saved. His nickname was Pappy. Pappy Reveal. As he was affectionately called, he, he, was a, he was a great man of prayer. And during his entire ministry, he prayed about everything. He prayed in the funds that sustained and provided for his mission. He lived in an atmosphere of prayer and fellowship with his Heavenly Father for over 40 years. And there's a story that is told at one point of his ministry, the, depths, the debts were mounting up. And one day someone overheard his squeaky voice as he was praying in his office. And his prayer went something like this. As he took a stack of bills and he waved them in the air and he said, And now, Heavenly Father, here, these are your bills. And if you don't pay them, your name will be mud. That's the exact prayer he prayed. And you know what? That was a convincing reason for God to answer his prayers. And all those bills were taken care of. God honored that prayer. Hmm. I want you to notice Daniel's conclusion in verse 19. As he reaches, his prayer reaches a crescendo, all right? Oh, Lord, hear. Oh, Lord, forgive. Oh, Lord, hearken and do. Defer not for thine own sake, oh, my God, for thy city and thy people are called by thy name. What a prayer. What an intercessory prayer. And I believe that this is the kind of prayer that God delights to hear and answer. And so may our prayers be the kind of prayers that God hears and answers also. Amen? I hope that will help you and encourage you. Just keep on keeping on. Be faithful. And uh, keep these things in mind. How, how, how Daniel came before the Lord and how we are to come also. Our Father, we thank you for the word. We pray to make a difference in each of our lives. And we thank you for Daniel's prayer, how he interceded for himself and for, for Israel, for Jerusalem. And dear God, I pray that you'd help us, Lord, as we pray, to come and follow these guidelines that Daniel prayed with. Now, Father, thank you. Bless the rest of this evening and our prayer time. And we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.